Hey, welcome back to another episode of Say Something Interesting, the weekly follow-up podcast for East Lake Tri-Cities. My name is Brent, and with me, as always, is... Margot. And today we also have an extra special guest, a friend of mine, mm. a fellow softball player of yes. mine on my team, uh, a real estate agent in the, a, the local area, and are you a founder? What's your title of your, of your podcast? Are you a... Uh, we are the Vanilla Sunday Podcast, okay. and I... Yeah, it was my idea. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> so the founder the and brain. originator of a local podcast here a uh, called Vanilla Sunday. So we have uh, an experienced podcaster in the room. So we, we just kind of, Margo and I just kind of like, you know, picked this up and just kind of were toying, tinkering around with it a little bit. But this guy, um, you got some love in the, uh, tri- the, uh, the, the what, what do you want to call it? The we journalistic. The, well, we were in the paper. Let's just. <laughs> Yeah, let's not the dance same around paper it. that got the Super Bowl teams wrong. Uh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, uh, yeah, they didn't misrepresent us in any way. Um, maybe kind that's of sarcasm. Glorified. <laughs> no, we. Uh, well, hold on. I want to. I want to talk about how you were talking about how we were like a professional experience podcast. Yeah. We have a table in front of us and four microphones. Yes. in my buddy's uh, living room. That's how we do it. Where I find myself currently is. Uh, <laughs> I see some lights with some exposed bulbs hanging from the ceiling. Like yeah. you put some thought into this. There's uh, some... That was a Costco purchase, but yes, go uh, on. Well, that's fine. It doesn't matter where you buy yes. it from, but the there is a, um, well, we've got some soundproofing around me and stuff uh, like U-Haul that. U-Haul moving is... blankets. Yes, <laughs> That's <go on>. fine. <laughs> but it is exponentially more professional than what we have Even though on. it's in the <laughs> attic of an abandoned you, What theater. you're saying is... The, the the bar is so low, but you go even lower. Is what yeah. you're trying to say? No, yeah, it's uh, you could call it grassroots. You could call it uh, you could call it DIY if you want. Right. And uh, but uh, yeah, I'd say what we're looking at here. Um, <laughs> certainly, there's more effort put into this. Um, but do you notice the temperature in here? The temperature? Yeah. Um, it's T- it's warm. Touch warm. Touch warm. Yeah. AC unit is optional here. This, this room that- has two two different names. Yeah, we call it the sweat lodge yeah. in the summer and the uh, meat locker in the yeah. winter. Is it yes. meat locker? Is that meat what we call lo- it? Ice box. Ice box. It is something like that. It is not temperature controlled. I feel like the blankets helped create that like sure. homegrown sweat <laughs> it's lodge. It's like insulation in here. <laughs> well, I gotta wonder why haven't you guys been in the paper? I mean, it's not like it's that big of a deal, you right. know, that I was in the paper. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're so great. Ooh. Would you sign something before sure. you leave today? Yeah, yeah. I okay. have copies. I have copies. I picked up everyone I could find. The uh, it was I loved it because we were like it's story about Rudy Giuliani, my dumb face. Yeah, and then over here was Shohei Otani. Yeah, and it totally. was yeah. There, it's all good downhill. Company. You guys are in good. It's company. all downhill from here. Tell us about your podcast, man. What what do you guys do, and, and what's the whole premise of it? And and uh, yeah, give us some stats. Sure, I, I want you to brag on yourself. A little yeah, bit. yeah. So first of all, um, all right. So we I was gonna make a joke, but it was. It was more geared towards my podcast than this podcast. Yeah. So um, what we do is uh, we just hang out and have a, uh, a conversation that all of us have. There was uh, I was sitting and having a drink with a buddy of mine, and uh, I was think- we were having this conversation with this bartender about what was going on in our life, and I was thinking that this, this conversation that we're having with this person, if we were recording it, I like to imagine that somebody would find it interesting. Um, so I, I mean, texted we all, all my... do that time to time. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like how interesting am I? Everybody, you know, the hubris really, it's, right. it's hubris driven. Yeah. So we, uh, I texted a few friends of mine to see if they would be interested. And they all said like, you know, I've been thinking about doing that, that too. And something that we do is like, uh, this same group of friends, we started filming like a situation comedy. We started filming like a, a documentary about the Tri-Cities and we never 
execute on anything. We we don't follow through on dreamers. Yes, uh, we're yeah we're we just don't actually end up finishing anything. We started a sitcom um, that I'm glad never saw the light of day. It was well filmed, but it would ruin my life if <laughs> if people found this thing. And that is my life's mission to get a hold of that footage. Yeah. So it yeah just the just from the get go it was super offensive and i don't know what i don't know what i was thinking um but yeah you get into like a public uh you get into a public domain and become a, a public figure yes. i guess as a real sure. estate agent like i'm you sort of have to brand yourself as vanilla as possible whatever professional image right whatever you think is what i think like i sure whatever you believe about yeah, politics absolutely. hey man me too whatever you think about race hey me too yeah and <laughs> oh, so the uh you feel like you're selling yeah, yeah, like you're estate. selling yourself selling selling Literally. your soul at that point i mean uh, i know yeah but uh, i'm so many people do that though I, know. I worked in the wedding industry and you'd see some brides try on some hideous dresses sure and, yeah, oh, and it's always like if they yeah. love it you love it so yeah. you have to learn to read people yeah and, and jump on their enthusiasm or jump on their disappointment. Yeah. yeah. And uh yeah, but if you're if you're generously enough uh compensated, yeah. <laughs> I'll be whoever you want me to be. That's right. But uh the so I was surprised that we ended up we're coming up on a year of doing it consistently crazy every week. So I don't yeah. But it the the Tri City Herald article was really funny because I thought it was just gonna be something that was uh uh I thought it was just gonna be a joke I could kind of make about like how I was in the paper, but it sort of like it, it took us to this sort of extra level, um, that really surprised me as far as people finding us, um, and, uh, wanting to reach out to be on it as far as like, uh, the, the, the original idea, uh, was that we were just four or five friends who were recording a conversation and, uh, just, you know, putting it out in the world to see if anybody cared. And then like my, my idea for it with marketing, um, was that if you, if you bring on guests, if you have somebody, um, on there, like, uh, like your friend, Travis, who was just on your Travis Robarski yep. civic, um, you have him, he has access to a network that we don't have access to and, uh, you can sort of piggyback and, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So we can kind of, uh, piggyback on each other's networks to take ourselves places to, to, uh, grow awareness of what it is that you're doing. And my original idea Why was that you're here today, Brian. Yeah, that's, that's right. A, just kidding. Yeah, no, it's a podcast swap, bro. Yeah, yeah, just newspaper kidding. famous yeah. folks. Right. To help exactly. Us out. <laughs> my, my face is right there. Yeah. You, All right. Am I, I'm you, about to say something that might be not well received. Sure. Bye. And let's do it. So this I am kind of surprised that people that buy the paper know about podcasts. Oh, yeah, Margo. <laughs> I buy the paper. I yeah. just want you to know, I get the paper delivered to my house. Yeah. Do you do the crossword puzzle? Every day. Every day. Oh, Dude, oh I did it this morning. Yeah. I uh, I haven't. I swear to you, my wife and I. So it's funny because she was like, she was the other day going, hey, we're like looking at our monthly, you know, bills. It was, yeah. I can't remember what time, what, you know, of the year. And it's like, we should consolidate a few things. Do we really need this anymore? Otherwise, you just get stacked up on monthly payments. And she kept saying this, you know, try to see a Herald payment come yeah. through. She's like, do we just, should we just get rid of this? You can just find buy all that one stuff of those online, 99 right? cent crossword books and at like, Walgreens. It's not the well, same. No, 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 no. She wasn't doing, we weren't doing it at that point. We weren't doing it at that point. And, uh, uh, and then we sat down recently and decided we're going to do this like uh, 12 week challenge where every week we do something different. And one of those was we're going to do the crossword every single day. And so we got in this habit. It was only seven days long, but we get in this habit of doing a crossword. And now she's like, I wanted to get rid of it. And now I wake up in the morning going, oh, it's waiting for me. It's yeah. in the driveway. Let's yeah. go. Let's yeah. get this. 
It's, yeah. Yeah. There's it's nothing like it. Do Anyways, you do Sunday? Do you do Sunday paper? Oh, we tried. Yeah. yeah no, it's tough, mm-hmm. man. That thing's huge. No, I just it's like three times. Yeah. Yeah. Wish that's one that of smart. those. That's one of those things I just don't even try because I know I'm gonna look. I'm gonna feel bad. We we got the idea from um, I don't know if you remember the the, the movie. Uh, it's Steve Carell and uh, oh my gosh, it's blanking on me. He is the dad of with the, the three daughters. Even in real life or whatever. Dan in real Dan life. In real thank life. you, mm-hmm. Dan in real life. And their family had a family tradition where the guys and the girls would separate, and they would each get two copies of the paper, and they would compete to see who could fill out the crossword puzzle the fastest. Mm-hmm. And it so, might be doomed with Grayson on your team. We we <laughs> want to do that as a family. It's it's really tough because uh, you know, uh, but so London's going to be a warrior at that. I think at some point, but we're trying to get instill in that in us at an early age. So, yeah, anyway, dude, we got so sidetracked. Here, here's what I really want to know. You're a real estate agent by day, yeah. A podcaster by day slash night yeah. slash whenever you film those things. How yeah. do you, how were you able to kind of make the connection where at, where it was like, is this a hobby or is this a strategy for life business stuff? What what's the? Because I know you also have where were we, which yeah, yeah. is also a, a, a vodcast. Do you want? Is yeah, that yeah. What you call it? Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, it's like comedians' cars getting coffee, but it's mm-hmm. it's you and and you had me c- come on yeah. recently, and and you've done several other people in that way. Um, so all of these kind of side projects, uh, how how has this kind of helped you, business wise, or is it a long term strategy, short term strategy? What's the what's the point of that? As far as uh, that's a great question. As far as the uh, as the podcast is concerned, the initial idea was that it would be conversations that I could use to sort of put out into the world and use for my. Uh, for business if I wanted to. And it quickly became something that I just didn't want anywhere near my business. Like the, there are, um, my friends are very funny people, but they are, they are funny to, they're funny. And, but the, one of them's like raised by wolves. Um, one of them lives in Portland and, uh, yeah, just spews anything that comes out of his mouth. And there's like the, as far as it being something that I could connect to my business, it quickly became something that I just recognized that that wasn't going to fly. So every other avenue, as far as doing videos or even posting pictures of food, um, which I do a lot of on Facebook, and uh, just any kind of video about something that I thought was funny um, or interesting at all, um, really the name of the game is just reminding people that you exist in a particular way. Because I can never be that agent who's like uh, talking about how much like they love their job or like uh, I'm going to make your dreams come true. Cause like really think about a real estate transaction. Um, what part of that seems like a dream to anybody? It's paying this it, guy it, a lot of money to help me get into a house. That's absolutely right. I'm going to spend a lot of money. Yes. Or selling your house. And then it's, it's expensive. It's stressful. Um, it's, it's uh, if you're somebody that's selling your house, you've got a, um, you have to keep it clean. Like, can you imagine trying to keep your house clean for like the couple of weeks that your house is on the market? Like every single day at the drop of a hat. Right. It's uh, or if you're our friend Chris Gale for several months. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So and uh, but that whole mentality of like saying like I'm a real estate agent. I'm here to make your dreams come true. Uh, is a lie. That's a lie. What we what we do is facilitate nightmares. And I wish everybody would start telling the truth about that. <laughs> well, at the end, of, think about it. It's yeah. it's expensive, and like uh, if you're selling, I mean, you you come out ahead, and that's great. Um, but it is still an expensive process, a time consuming process. And at the end of it, you have to move, which is one of the levels of hell. I think is yes. constantly moving. Sure. That is the truth. Um, packing your things up and taking them across the country and things like that. It's just yeah, it's the worst. But um, I'm trying to be uh, as 
authentic as I possibly can be. And um, this is an outlet for you of authenticity. That's correct. And it's it's branding, but without the self promotion of yeah. look, I had my you know teeth cleaned, whitened yeah. recently, yeah. and my hair is perfect and yeah, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm just well, like a regular shirt, regular like, Joe. Being honest, moving and buying a house is stressful, and as you said, like can be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So who do you want with you in this journey? Do you want someone that's just portraying this image of of calm or someone that you're yeah. like, well, I feel like I could go to the bar and have a beer with this guy yeah. and just be like, this is frustrating. And right. he would understand. And he's a normal person that understands the process better than I do and is there for me, but sure. isn't fake. I think it's, I think it's a great strategy. Well, we'll see if it works, <laughs> but like, uh, the, the, the idea is just to try to stay in front of people with, and but not, not by posting like a selfie at the river and talking about how like everything is so great or whatever. I'd rather just, if I can make you laugh, I want to make you laugh. And that sure. was the idea with, uh, uh, the podcast is like our, as a group of friends, we do make each other laugh. Um, so let's just put that out into the world and see what happens. And- it feels a lot like the camaraderie that you saw when I remember like in college, we had so many friends who watched and like scheduled their time around friends and yeah. then it came out on DVD and you're like, I just want to be the sixth person on Friends. Yeah. I just want to be in the room. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or in any sort of brotherhood, or or people now watching the whole Chip and Joanna games. Like we watched our first episode. I, I think I mentioned that the like, other day. Like, can I be the sister wife in that yeah, situation? Like, I think I think that they would like me, and I I I know I would like them. I just I feel like I would fit in easily with that kind of a crew. Right. You want that kind of access, but you know both distance and also fame, and just you're not as interesting as them. That's for sure. Um, it just doesn't happen. And so it's almost like, you know, cause I've listened to a couple episodes of, of, uh, the vanilla Sunday podcast and it does feel like I'm the fifth guy. Cause you guys have four. I'm the fifth guy. Who's just the quiet guy sitting in the corner <laughs> that everybody's like, Hey, it's cool that he's here. Yeah. Um, and I like that about it. So anyways, kudos. For well, I appreciate that. that. And it's, uh, my friends are, I love them and it's, uh, uh, it's, I, I think they're hilarious and it's, uh, yeah, it's been a great time. Yeah, awesome. I appreciate you saying uh, that. Here's the backdrop for, because there's probably some people listening to our podcast right now going. I'm just here to see if I want a cookbook. Yeah, yeah, probably that. We, <laughs> we're going to make you wait, just so you know. But um, um, we, uh, the story of how did Brian and I get connected or we get connected, and what's the, what's the backdrop here? And the backdrop is that he married uh, the daughter of somebody, uh, a family who attends the church, uh, Cliff and Shannon. Some of our, by the way, Best volunteers ever. They're both rock stars. You already know that, yeah. but we're huge fans of Cliff and Shannon. Mm-hmm. Um, Hardworking. I don't think like, that they listen to the podcast, so it's not like I'm brown nosing at all. No, but, he comes over and shovels my uh, driveway when he, we're out of town. Does he? Good he's, guy. He's I totally guy. believe that because there are people that are so happy to do whatever it takes to help in whatever way possible. Yeah, and they don't. They don't act like they need a thank you or a pat or a back. I think they don't want the spotlight. They don't want to, you know, the attention drawn on them that we're doing right now. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. They're but, uh, cringing as they're, they're, they're under the that, couch right yeah, now. Yeah. They chase ki- like she's a teacher, so she chases kids all week. Uh, but they chase our kids on Sunday, yeah. and then during the week they're washing our windows and sweeping our floor and vacuuming and just loving on us. Yeah. yeah. And and two of my kids are in that classroom with them, and so, anyways, I feel a personal connection. Anyways, you go. Um, so you attended uh, East like a couple of times with your wife because they're you know doing the kudos to the family coming with them every once in a while. Sure. Mom and happy. we would have yeah. conversations in the lobby afterwards. You'd be like, "Hey, man, I got a question for you," and yeah. you seem like a cool young guy. So we would talk a little bit, and you you kept asking questions. I, I mentioned this about um, Travis a couple of weeks ago too when he was here. I was like, I love people who are like, "Hey, I." Just making it clear off the bat, we don't believe the same things foundationally. Yeah. Um, however, this is interesting. I've got a few questions for you that I really am kind of like 
what do you think about this? Yeah. Like, I want, I want to know the opinion on that kind of thing. So I don't, it's skeptic, seeker, whatever you want to call it. It's like legit. It's not like an indifference towards it. It's I've got opinions and they're, and they vary. Right? I think the best of all things, wouldn't it be if, if two people who, uh, who were on sort of, I mean, we're not on opposite ends of the spectrum as right. far as belief is concerned. Um, well, I mean, maybe it's belief, but, um, wouldn't the best of all things be if people disagreed and still communicated, right? And yeah. uh, I think too often that's not the case. And I people don't know how to talk about things that they don't agree with. Yeah. Well, in my mind, I, I think that religion is the most. Inter- I think that that uh, faith and belief. I think I don't want to say religion, but that are the most interesting things in the world. Um, I just happen to not agree with you, but the, it doesn't tend to be a discussion that just kind of, uh, uh, it doesn't lend itself to civility um, right. in a lot of cases, because when I disagree with you about something like that, we are, I'm disagreeing about what you view as your foundation. But when you're on my side, I'm just disagreeing with you about, you know, uh, something that is matter of fact, right? It's, right. Uh, I just disagree with you about one thing, but to you, it's a very important thing. <laughs> right, right. But we've been able to do it very civilly sure. and friendly and yeah. had multiple conversations on that level. So much so to the point that a couple of years ago, we were starting a softball team and uh, I knew you were soft. I knew you were a baseball guy because yeah. you're one of the most baseball nut kind yeah. of guys that I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, even though you're a Texas Rangers fan, <laughs> I, 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 I set that aside and uh, you've you've cordially accepted my Mariners fandom. Sure. And you've put up with, or I've, you know, put up with me in my terrible years. Well, we're both well, masochists, are we not? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Every year. Yeah. Um, I'm a former But masochist. only one of us holds yeah. the professional playoff series drought uh, for 17 years. So um, Two World Series in a row, we lost them both. Yeah. What would you rather oh. do? Would you rather have gotten to two in a row yes. and lost them? than never go? Okay. Yes. Well, is it, is I would it rather be a Bills fan in the 90s than the Browns fan for the last 12 years. Oh. Or isn't, there, isn't there some, isn't there camaraderie? In that sort of futility, uh, only amongst losers, by the way. Well, hey now. yes, <laughs> I'm a Red Sox fan. Red so Sox we fan? had a long, long time. I feel like, and yeah, my second, though. my second favorite team is the Cubs because sure. I feel like they understand it. Yeah. Well, I there was a there was a I one of my favorite baseball quotes ever was uh, somebody was talking about uh, the Yankees and the Mets and being a Yankees fan or a Met fan. And he was talking about like uh, listening to, you know, the horns and the bells and everything and people cheering at Mets games. And he said that when he when he heard that, um, that he thought that those bells and those whistles and those cheers were for him because there is more Met than Yankee in all of us. (laughs) I think the thing to keep in mind about like trying to bring the Red Sox and the Cubs into this is that they at least made the postseason. Well, you we know? can say that looking back, but it didn't always look well, that now way. Well, now both those teams are juggernauts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway. So, uh, big ba- big baseball fan knew he was just from talking to him because we would go out to coffee and since we're like, well, we completely disagree on on, on some religion stuff, but but that and that's great food for stuff. Let's intro it with some baseball. Find, find some common ground in that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think the biggest misconception when it comes to faith and how people view it as so polarizing: you're either about there's something else or you're not. Yeah. Like, and people think that that's, that's true. That's it. That's the end of the conversation. I'm a nine on the enneagram, so I focus on the harmony between us. I think <laughs> yeah. we believe a lot of the same things. We just have different. Anyways, you're correct. But one yeah. of my favorite things that comes up constantly, like you're pretty good about bringing this up in a Sunday message, is even if you don't believe that what I'm sharing with you is some divinely inspired quote or story or 
comparable. There is something that everyone can take away from. This is like a life value, a life perspective that everyone can benefit from, whether you're religious or irreligious. And I think Eastlake has done a really good job at creating a space for conversation, not for dictation, but for conversation. Yeah, and, and then I would argue if if you remain true to the gospel as it's presented, then there's going to be some common ground of just fruitful, pragmatic living. Like, this is just the best way to do life, right? And so anyways, um, and I think that that can be uh, something that, that, that can be like, hey, I don't believe that, but I like the results of uh, a life characterized by honesty, integrity, humility, um, openness, uh, inclusiveness, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, that's like, something I, that I, every, I everyone the, wants their neighbor to be honest. I don't need the religion to, to be the to... backdrop for me to believe those things like you do, apparently, like or that to spur it on. But we can be like, but we still, but we hold all these values in affirmation, right? And, and so anyways, all that to say, a couple of years ago, we were starting a softball team, invited you. That's a long roundabout way to say we're playing softball together or have, have played softball together <laughs> Eric's uh, in, like, ah, in a couple of years. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's that's the connection. I saw the the, the love that he got from the Herald on the podcast, uh, about the podcast, and listened to it a couple of times and thought, Let's I need jump to on get that, that guy wagon. on and get him in here and uh, get, some, get some real experience behind this thing that we call the podcast. So, uh, Brian, the, the, uh, the method behind the madness for us is... We spent a little bit of time recapping, not recapping, but highlighting some things that stood out to us from the message. Uh, there is something I want to talk about that I just did, couldn't quite fit in the message. And then we've got some giveaways at the end uh, from some Mother's Day events that we did. But Margo, I'll let you kind of lead this uh, next session talking about we did week one of our new series, White Flag, a series on kind of surrender and that sort of thing. Uh, anything specifically that stood out to you that felt like... So I know you were about. just generalizing so that, and that's a pretty common tactic because you don't want to just focus on one thing because there could be people in your audience that are like, oh, I don't struggle with addiction or I don't struggle with this. Uh, but you talked about how a common occurrence that happens in life is that people run away from things. They're either run away from responsibility or a past trauma. Like if I don't address it, then I don't have to deal with it. Or there's many things that everyone at some point in their life has run away from. Uh, and sometimes they're not even aware that they're running, but everyone around them's like, you're avoiding this. You're not dealing with this. Yeah. And uh, kind of what the Bible has to say about that and just some advice about, uh, you know, you got to stop. You got to be aware of what's going on and stop and address it and fix it and approach it and tackle I, it. I think more than just like commanding people to stop is going like having them realize what is taking place. Like when yeah. you're, did you ever run away as a Self kid? Self-awareness. Run no. away? Yeah. As a kid? No. Never attempt, like, I mean, not for real, but like, did you like, screw you, pack mom, I'm out of here. Um, and I, I go down the street and then I realize I didn't pack a lunch. I need to go home. Mom needs to make me lunch. No, I don't think so. I think okay. I, I think I recognized very early on that uh, I would die in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> the wild of yeah. tried cities. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so our, our, the, the point that I had as, as a kid is when you run away, the goal is just, I just got to get away from Anywhere this. but here. Avoidance of this. Anywhere no. but here. I don't care where I'm running to. So it's not a matter of, um, you know, evaluate the two values too, but why, why am I so obsessed with getting away from this? And I think a lot of times, a lot of people spend an inordinate amount of time in their life is trying to escape from things, right? But that's like, I'm just going to plug in and play... I'm gonna Five play hours video, of video games, games, or I'm gonna go. I'm gonna drink. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have some sort of an addiction thing that I get into, and it's not because I'm like and... so into this. Like they, they, we know what this does, like physically to our bodies, and we know that this can destroy relationships, or if it gets out of hand, this can this kind of thing can happen. And but we don't think of it in that way. We just think of you know I'm, I'm enjoying things, or I'm enjoying life, or I'm doing whatever. Uh, and we we just refuse to see the escapism side of things. And 
boy, that's a that's a big deal. Like we just we we fall into the trap, and it can be really legit good things. And yet, when it becomes the our method of escaping, we we really struggle with this, and we fear the reprisal of what it would take to come back from those types of things. And that that was the big piece um, that I got into on on Sunday. That um, I tried to liken to that parable of the uh, of the father with two sons, the prodigal son, who's wasted his inheritance away, decides, I screwed up, I need to come back home. And when you've ran away and when the goal was to get away from something, you can feel like I've made such an impression on the person or the thing that I left that for me to kind of turn around and come back to anything means I've got to make amends with that and it's not going to be good. Based if you storm out of a, uh, of a of the house because of a fight with the wife or the husband or whatever <laughs> and then you're gone for a couple hours and you, you go to Buffalo Wild Wings because they're doing happy hour or something like that and then you're sitting there you're going, I gotta go, but i got to go back home. Yeah. <laughs> like my stuff's there. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, and I'm not – like I don't want to throw this relationship away. This is not a relationship thing. This is just I got pissed because, I don't know, something happened. Um, and, uh, so now I've got to, now what you do is you spend time wherever you're at playing through the scenario. How can I make this the best case scenario for my return? Gotta pick up some flowers. Gotta, <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta, uh, make these things right. And Brian, you're about to experience, um, a dadhood for the very first time. Yeah. So they say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so the doctors say yeah. apparently, yeah. um, and so, I mean, life, life changes in a big way, uh, for, for you in that way. Um, and I, I just, I was, I was trying to, uh, make this connection between, you know, coming back, thinking through life when it's when it's me and the, the wife or the spouse, and then all of a sudden now it's a family. And yeah. it, it feels like, I don't know, I, do you feel a different sense of, of permanence? Do you feel a different sense of responsibility? I mean, at some point, you, you um, I think like if it gets heated, you can be like, I, I just need to cool off. I need to go away for a little bit or whatever. But then when there's kids involved, you're like, I don't know, it just feels like I can't do that anymore. Like I have responsibility to her, yeah. your da- uh, daughter, Aud- Audrey? Audrey. Audrey. Um, and I'm talking about her as if she's already four years old and, right. and is like expecting something from mm-hmm. you. But I'm just, I'm just saying in that way, like you think through some things differently. So now I'm, I'm, I'm processing through what's it going to take to come back. I don't want to screw up my kid, right? This is <laughs> a huge thing that every parent goes through. Like now my decisions are filtered through the grid of what's my 16 year old kid going to think about dad as he, you know, goes off and that's just who he was. And I don't want to pay for counseling until they're 30 either, you know? <laughs> so how do I measure through some of that stuff? Um, I think with kids, it's going to be really tough to, that, that must be impossible because there is something that you and I think that is like relatively progressive right this moment. There's something that you and I believe that, and you and I believe right now that our kids are going to look at us or maybe our grandkids are going to look at us and think, grandpa was backwards. How backwards thinking was yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, so how do you figure out what that is? How do you figure out what is the thing that in the, like, they're going to look at us like we're on Duck Dynasty yeah. in a couple years. <laughs> yeah, anyway, exactly. I no, derailed you. I was, uh, I was reading something this morning with our, our men's, men's group that we meet in the mornings about image management. And the book was written in like 2000, maybe? I mean, it's, so it's way old. before it's Before like, social media. Yeah. And they're like, we have this problem with image management. <laughs> and I sat there reading it going, are little, you kidding me? Like how? Know. How like prescient was this, or what's the word there? I know how you read it. Premonition, like prescient, 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 whatever that is. How knowing in advance, how forward thinking was this author who's like, hey, on the horizon, I see us struggling with containing our image in front of others. I see us like 
prefacing, when we preface comments with, hey, I don't watch much TV, but I have watched this. Why do we say that? We say it because we don't want people to think we sit on our couch and eat bonbons all day. Yeah, yeah. Um, when, we, when we are about to take a test as a student, we say stuff like, oh, I didn't really study for this test. Why do we say that? Yeah. Because we don't want the letter grade to define whether we're, not, we're smart or not. And we want people to think, if I had studied, I would have for sure gotten an A, yeah. but I chose to do this. And in, in our age with the advent of social media and image management, like at its like highest peak maybe ever, yeah. I do think, when we've talked about this on the podcast before, a pulling back away from not making private matters so public and keeping them private, like a, a recoiling away from social media. I wonder if our kids will look at us one day and be like, I can't believe in. you put everything out yeah. there. For well, everything, everybody to judge. It's like looking back at what I posted on Facebook in college, being like, "Off oh, to eat a grilled my, cheese," or "No, mine's worse." So and so is really frustrated right now. No, like, mine, my my like <laughs> reminders, like my Facebook reminders of what I what I had going on a few years ago or so like ten years ago. It's basically just a reminder to delete it. It's <laughs> like when those come through, it's if like, people dig far what? enough, they're going to see this. Oh yeah, so you better delete oh, it. Oh no, it's I. I don't even know how you can go that far back in your history. Of... See, we're doomed because we've had social media like came into. Well, for me, maybe a little bit more so. Like came in at the very end of high school, and I'm grateful that it wasn't around in middle school mm-hmm. because like these are probably the point in your life where you're the amount of mistakes and dumb things that you say and think are at its highest or most condensed in these years. Yeah. And it's now recorded yeah. like forever. And, and like our kids are going to have it from day one. It's there forever. Yeah. Right. Like then my friend, like our kids are going to have their pictures of them, like with their dirty diapers and totally. spit up on the world to see how us. Many, you have to dig out a photo album. How and... many bathtub photos oh, from yeah. your kids are on the internet where your kids are going to be like, why did you post that? Leverage. Yeah. Right? I mean, my mom actually gave me a baby book. taken like bath time photos, <laughs> yeah. but they're in albums on a cupboard that exactly. you have to go to my grandma's house to find. I took out all and of my naked bathtub it. photos. I actually took them out because I was like, no one needs to see yeah. like my little butt right. in a tub. <laughs> <Right>. Like, <laughs> Took them out. I look yeah. at it as leverage. Okay. Like later on, Blackmail. yeah, blackmail, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really hope that what you said is true. Is that we're gonna realize the? I mean, people realize it, but there's gonna be something of of a shock instead of just like I know I shouldn't be posting about this, but yeah. that other people are gonna be like, you shouldn't be posting about this. Well, yeah. there, I mean, there's there's people that are like younger people. We look at there's certain older, you know, generations that we look at as in some that are still alive and you are, I mean, you're flabbergasted by what they believe about whether it's, uh, whether it's women or race or, uh, people of alternative lifestyles or whatever. And we, we sort of kind of think of them like, uh, well, of course they think that they're old, but one day that's going to be us. And what is, what's the thing, what is the thing that we think right now? Sure. That we just proudly said, and we're going to say it like in, in line or something at Walmart down the road. And uh, we're just going to say it out loud, and everybody's going to be like, what? This, what is this backwards old man? <laughs> well, it's going to happen. Go back to your cave, yeah, man. Yeah. I remember in driver's ed back when, like, cell phone, when you had to text, you had to hit, like, the nine three times to get, like, this letter and, like, old school texting, pre-touch oh, yeah. screen. Nine, yeah. And I remember he said, like, mark my words, it's going to be just as shocking someday to see someone on their phone while driving as it would be to see them, like, drinking a beer and driving down the road. And yeah. we're getting there. Like, yeah. we're definitely getting there which I think is healthy. Yeah. So I think social media is going to be the same thing where 
people look at our obsession with social media in this day and age and just shake their heads and be like, you maybe guys it'll are... be just be cars having drivers at all. Yes, They'll I heard that, that said like, too. You did what? You drove your own car. So the only thing keeping you from crashing into each other was lights and paint on the road, and <laughs> yeah, you like you trusted these like these meat puppets to. Wasn't it? Drive. Was it the Google guy that said that like that was a flaw in human history that we invented the car before we invented the technology for the car to drive itself? Yeah. Like humans should never have been able to have a hand in this and yet that's the way things happened yeah. yeah crazy anyway yeah uh so okay so i did have one thing that i had to cut out from sunday's talk that i i, I knew i was like i really want to bring this up on the podcast because i really found it interesting and then i looked at the clock when it came up on the notes and i was like i just can't i can't keep people here for an hour and a half on sunday um but uh in preparation for a series on surrender i read a book on uh japanese pow's in world war ii because in my mind, I was thinking, who are the most notorious people who like really pushed back against surrender? I wanted to understand the context a little bit more. So I bought a book called The Anguish of Surrender, which has been phenomenal. And I, it, the first few chapters talk about just the culture surrounding Japanese wartime stuff and um, hirikiri or the suicide kind of thing of don't get caught. Um, you would be, you would shame. There's there's it's such an honor shame society. You'd be better off to your family had you just killed yourself instead of being caught. As a, and as a result, the ratio of prisoners of war um, for ja- for the Japanese uh, military system compared to all of the other Axis and Allies uh, nations was incredibly low. It was like two percent th- uh, for the army and three percent for the navy, um, which is like we're in double digits for everybody else. And um, so then it walks through some of the obstacles for um, returning. Or obstacles for surrender. Why? Why would they not? And the biggest one is the honor shame, honor shame thing. But one of the ones that came up as an also side piece of it was an interesting one that I think plays into this idea of surrender, is uh, that the uh, the Japanese nation um, voted to um, voted for the Geneva Conventions, which was in 1920 after the World War One. All of the big nations in the world came together and be like, all right, we have to have some nasty. sort of a standard <laughs> for like wartime treatment of prisoners of war. Like we can't, there's a human rights thing that we're all going to sign and be like, we're all going to play by these rules. Japan signed it and said, yes, we'll, we'll play by these rules, but then never ratified it as a nation going into World War II. Uh, and then what they did is kind of an on the fence sort of thing is they got into this basically a war with China at one point, but they called it the China incident. They refused to call it publicly the war because if it's not a war, then we don't have to play by these rules. So at that point, they're still like, we know we should, but we're not going to play by these rules. What did China call it? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I don't a know. It I'm, sure say that felt, this. I'm sure they yeah. felt like it was oh, a war. Oh, that's not fair. Uh, but I don't think that they treated their prisoners all that great either anyways, because probably because of, hey, if you're going to treat us like that, then we're going to treat you like right. that. I mean, you know, that kind of thing that's going yeah. on. Um, so that take, that takes place in the late 20s, early 30s, this Chinese incident. Well, then they get involved in um, with uh, with Russia, fighting against Russia on one front and, and then the U.S. on one, on one side. Um, and the story is uh, the Axis, the uh, the Germans were pushing against the Russians. They basically had them at this point, asked Japan as their ally to come in and fight from behind to have the Russians fight on both fronts. The Japanese said, no, we want to take out, we, wanted, we want a piece of the West, um, so we're going to go after them because they felt like they would get more in uh, portions or appropriations post-war if they had had a part in taking out the U.S. So they'd mm. go bomb Pearl Harbor and um, do all these crazy things in that way. And in that process, um, they refused to abide by the G- Geneva Conventions. And, uh, like, you have all of these 
neutral nations coming to them saying, hey, are you going to abide by these things? You said you would. Well, this isn't really a war. Well, we're, you know, they had all these kind of reasons for, for going this, this route. And so one of the obstacles for surrender for them was they knew that Japan was mistreated. They knew that their home nation was mistreating POWs of other nations. And so they felt like if we turn ourselves over and surrender to the U.S. forces— Who's to say that they won't mistreat us based on why would they play by the rules when we're right. not playing by the rules, essentially, is what it is, yeah. right? Would they do the same thing to us? Are they, we, I, if we wouldn't, if yeah. they weren't playing by the rules, we wouldn't do that. Right. So this idea came to me when, when I was talking about this idea of, of uh, stopping running away and turning back to God. But the expectations of if I've run from God for something— Right. If you believe that God exists and he's sort of like this moral watchdog in your life and you've been kind of doing your own thing. And then at some point you'd be like, all right, you know what? I'm going to turn back around and I'm, I'm going to go back and do this. There's always this fear of reprisal. Like what's going to happen? I'm, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to sign myself for some punishment. And here's what I think would be reasonable based on kind of what I've done with my life. And we go into this and the story that's pictured in Matthew is the father running out to the son with open arms, welcoming him back into the family, killing the fatty after calf. After he's done everything wrong. After he's done, after he's basically looked him in the eye and said, you're better off dead to me than alive, right? And so this like unrequited grace that comes, it doesn't make any sense. It, he doesn't act in the way that we think he would react. Our fear of how he's going to respond oftentimes keeps us from, well, I don't want to go down that road, so I'll just continue to do this. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to pay the consequences of it, and we can't understand grace. The problem with uh, Japanese for fear of surrender was we just don't understand what, how could a people group sign up to abide by conventions when they know that we're not doing it? And I just thought that that was so interesting uh, to play into it. But again, I just ran out of time to be able to talk about it. So I figured we'd talk about it in the podcast. That'd be a legitimate fear. I mean, there's people that got turned into pillars of salt. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I yeah. understand. I understand that side of things. But then when you see Jesus coming on the scene going, um, let me tell you the clearest picture of who God is, right? Yeah. So you have Old Testament. You've got some pretty crazy stuff that takes place in here that feels very extreme. Scare you've got Jesus coming on the line. scene going, all right. Um, you have to remember that, that those kind of writings were developed over a long period of years with these people who were trying to make sense of who they were as a nation. Let me tell you what the clearest picture of God looks like. It sure. looks like the father who runs out to the son and mm. welcomes him back as soon as he's willing to turn around. Um, so you have to character, if you have to take one or two uh, or, or those, if there's a contradictory in those things, Jesus would say, lean in this direction. And we just don't see that. We feel like if I'm going to go back, it's going to require, there's going to be some penance to be paid, mm -hmm. right? And how much has penance in the history of Christianity, especially within the Roman Catholic Church, been a, well, you literally have to you pay. <laughs> were, um, you were naughty, come back, you owe me 10 Hail Marys and X amount of dollars, and then God will be happy with you again. Right. And this picture is just completely the opposite. And it doesn't make sense to us because it's not how we would do it. And that's the big thing. We equate ourselves on the same level of God. God's better than us, but like he's, he's, but he's like us a little bit. Like he's a better version of us. Us, but I can't even in my own sense, if you refuse to play by the rules, especially in a POW type of situation, you I know within me, I would not play by the rules in response to that. There would be some things where I would cross some lines because you did it to me, like a quid pro quo type thing. Even in a sports game when the other team's being like, if they're cheating, their hits, right, like, I'm going to hit example. you back. Yeah. yeah. If you're cheating, I'm probably going to cheat too. I might not treat, cheat to the extreme level that you do, but I feel justified. And if anybody calls me on my cheating, all I do quickly is what? Point. Point the blame to yeah. be like, you think I'm bad? Look at what they're doing, right? So they're cheating. That justifies my cheating. Throwing at a batter. <laughs> Dude, yeah. baseball is. Yeah, the king of that. Are you yeah. kidding me? How is that not assault? 
I, I don't know. I mean, especially when you're breaking bones and yeah, throwing you, it at a guy's face, break, uh, Giancarlo Stanton breaking his jaw yeah. on that thing. I yeah, mean, how is that not... How do, how do, how do like, the police look the other direction? It's like it, it's, no it's intentional. I wonder if somebody got charged with assault for doing that intentionally. Needs to happen. Um, if, if that would change... This Especially the, throwing it at the head. I mean, like hockey, dude, that's that like, just happened with yeah. the Penguins player. The guy, like, how was ta- that? He tackled him. He broke his jaw and gave him a concussion. And the, he actually didn't get kicked out of the game. It was like after when they reviewed it, they're like, "Oh, he's suspended for three, three days. Yeah. Not three games, three days." Well, sometimes they hit each other with sticks, and like they're, but like in baseball and like football, football, it's kind of like an, uh, a. If f- Nancy f- Kerrigan, if that's a legal thing, why right? <laughs> Yeah. Well, like in, in baseball, you're like uh, you're throwing something as hard as you can at a person on purpose. And if I did that out in the parking lot right now, we're talking about a totally different thing. Uh, you would be in jail. Yeah, I'd be in Absolutely. jail. But we, we do it in the confines of sport. And suddenly that's legal and, <laughs> and not even just legal. It's like it might cost you a little bit of money or like a. But you come but after. You don't him. even pay the repercussions as the right. pitcher. Yeah. Usually, it's one of your batters. Yeah. But like, so as a batter, you're looking at this pitcher, going, "Come on, man, yeah. you're killing me." No, and it's, yeah, I don't know why is it that why is it that we're okay with that? And then the other thing is like, uh, it's sort of along the lines of like, you ever seen like for a funeral or a celebration or something like that, people release a bunch of balloons into the mm-hmm. sky? How's that not littering? <laughs> Why well, is that legal? For the Chinese lanterns when they do like yeah. the like things in the sky yes. and you're like, where you Forest know those fire? are coming back down yeah. to earth, right? <laughs> you're just littering. Yeah. That's all you're doing. Yeah. And and in baseball, when you're throwing at somebody, it's assault. But in football, we've we've we sort of have uh all football is is assault. It's it's uh Dude, well, it's so funny because even when you said it, and I almost found myself going, Yeah, football's different. But I mean <sighs> when they're coming across the middle and you go for the headshot yeah. and you're like I'm really going to injure yeah. this guy. Well, but in boxing or UFC, yeah. you're sort of signing up for, you're agreeing that we're going to punch each other. And this guy's going to punch true. me. I'm going to punch true. him. In football, you kind of sign up. You have yeah. There's assumption for that. Yeah, Cam Chancellor might murder if me. If you're like, yeah. hey, I'm signing up, and this guy's going to throw 100 miles at your head. Yeah. I'm like, I'm but not signing you? up for that. Yeah, but are you? Like, as, as a baseball player. Maybe. You're, you're, well, intent is the question, and I guess you couldn't prosecute on intent. I'm just saying... So to wrap this up, because we have a lot of moms <laughs> waiting to find out if they want a Chip and Joanna cookbook. Yeah. All these moms back, are fast forward, they fast forward, talking fast about forward. baseball. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm trying to get a book. Right. So to, to tie this back into a relationship, I think we fear repercussion because it is to a certain extent okay in our society to like, so for instance, your husband messed up, like I'm about to get a little PG-13. You hear these cost and stories of women that withhold yeah. To teach him a lesson, right? Sure. Like he shouldn't have done that. I'm not gonna do these things for him, and that like would not be make dinners. I was saying, yeah. And so, but that would be celebrated. Like, yeah, you teach him that lesson. Yeah. yeah, you. And instead of saying like, no, like you shouldn't treat him badly just because he treated you badly. Like we or we, Carrie Underwood smashing somebody's car. I was exactly thinking of that song. Yeah. I'm like, this is vandalism. First off, if you want to be sneaky, don't carve your name into the side of yeah. his car because that's going to come back to haunt you. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. don't release your next track of Jesus Take the Wheel because then that makes you a hypocrite. Uh, sure. So I feel like it's really understandable that we can get nervous about religion and faith being like, man, if I want to reevaluate this, I don't want all the scorn of You've gone this, you've fought against it and you've bashed Christians and you've bashed God and you've gone your own way. And I don't want to come back with my tail between my legs because I know the beating that's awaits me, like for like culturally, proverbially. So I understand that people feel like that often because we treat each other that way and we and we justify 
And it makes sense behavior. in the world that we live with, yeah. right? When when a pitcher throws at a player, and then the next inning, he the other guy throws back at him. We we're not like in shock. We're not like, whoa, where did that come from? Yeah. We know exactly where. When it came really from. we yeah. should be, because we should be treating people better. Well, that's it. Amazing. Starts with baseball. <laughs> yeah, we move from there. That's the source. Yeah. All right, uh, Margo. So we've got a. Uh, she had a table in the lobby uh, yesterday on on Sunday for Mother's Day, and we had twenty. Magnolia Table cookbooks from Joanna Gaines that we are going to be giving away here in just a minute. We're going to be reading off a, a list of names where each, all three of us are just going to start pulling names out of here. Noise. Until we get to 20. Uh, and then the plan is uh, to come up and let us know on Sunday that you uh, you heard your name on the podcast. Ah. And now you're famous. Eric, we you don't count. We, we might not be able to Eric. get you in the paper <laughs> like Brian, but we can definitely get you on the podcast. Of course not. There's yeah. only so many pages to go around. <laughs> And Brian promises he'll sign one of the books if, yeah, if you're interested. Yeah, of course I will. One of these, one of these will get signed. Of course I will. Uh, so Margo's got the first one. Is this the yellow bag here? Yeah. Okay. All right. So. Oh, Brian. and I know this person, and it, I totally, totally was random. I have two supporters. Okay. First, first cookbook goes to Aaron Kerr. Congratulations, Aaron! I'm gonna see her tonight at our small group barbecue thing. Don't oh. let her know. She has to listen to the podcast. Right, yeah, I won't let oh her. yeah. Um, was this for a cookbook? Yes. Congratulations to Sarah McGrath. Ooh, Sarah. Uh, Patty McDonald, uh, sorry, McDowell, Patty McDowell. Congratulations. Number you just three, won a number four is Katie Trotter. Trotter. How many are there? There's 20. 20. We're doing this 20 times? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to grab exciting. a couple. Yeah. Here. Take one of those. All right. Amanda Stickle. S- yeah, there it is. Amanda Stickle, congratulations. Uh, Leanne Five. Purcell. Number six. Number seven here, we're going to do Flora. Flora. Whose phone number, I won't say the first Sisters digits. Sisters, Fauna. 6733. If you're Flora and your, name, and your number ends in 6733, that's number six. Shanna Carrasco. That's number seven. Shanna, Shanna. Uh, Crystal Cody. Crystal, Crystal Cody's Cody. Yeah. number eight. Number nine, I have Kelsey Bigness, number nine. Nice. Aaron Johnson. Number 10. Michelle McCoy. Number 11, I have Tammy Ryan for number 12. Oh, way to go, Tammy. Is it Julie Tagaris? Oh, Ta- yeah. Tagaris? Tagaris? I think it's Tagaris. 13, okay. right? Yep. Colleen Hall. 14. We've got uh, Alex Azuna. 15. I got Lacey Rotness for number 16. Uh, Tim Sharp. Um, That's Jen. Okay, Jen. <laughs> Congratulations, Tim. You just won your wife a cookbook. 17. Uh, oh, this is fitting. Mary Cook. Oh. Uh, 18 for Mary. Uh, the last two, I got one right here. Aubrey Pitzer. She listens to the podcast, so she's 19. flipping out right now. And then one of our favorite people, Shirley Shank. Way to go, Shirley. <laughs> Number 20. Congratulations. And so now Congratulations we have... to all the uh, the husbands and, and kids of all of these moms who are now going to be cooking as well. And the winner of the one-hour official massage from Maidstone Massage, our friend Tammy White over there, is Megan Tolleson. Megan Tolleson, oh, you great. won our one-hour massage. So thank you so much for playing. I feel like I did game. something. I feel yeah. like I did something good. I should have just pulled one out and said, Brian Griffin, yeah. congratulations. <laughs> Didn't even know I put it in for it. Uh, all right, we are way over time. Hey. Uh, you know what? Uh, we're going to... Our something interesting may just have to be that we just gave away some great books mm. uh, and uh, a really cool uh, massage thing. So uh, we, we probably need to wrap these things up. Unless you got something, you got something interesting you want to talk about? Um, 
Yeah. Okay, do it. I, I don't want to, because we have the opportunity. I'm just going to save mine for next week. So. Well, I mean, it's okay. I can come back no, another time. I know, but I want you to do it. Help us out. Well, What's something, something you about? read or, or found interesting or a movie you watched or any, anything in life that you're like, this is interesting, I'm interesting, and I like this, and you should like this too? Uh, sleep and its role in cancer. You ever what? thought about sleep? Okay, I'm thinking you, about so it. So I was thinking about the, uh, so I was, <laughs> read, there's a name on the ground. Uh-oh. Uh, they didn't win. Sorry. Martha. Sorry, I'm Melita Frost. <laughs> <laughs> you were 21. <laughs> the, oh. the, uh, so you ever hear somebody tell you that they can survive on like, I only need like four hours of sleep? Yeah. Are you that guy? No, no, I'm okay. not at all. I had a friend in college that did that. He would go, he actually survived on 27 minutes of sleep. Mm. And the day after he graduated, he went to sleep and he woke up and all of his hair was gone. What? I kid you not. It fell off in his How sleep. How is that not your something interesting that you were going to share? <laughs> Same with Pete Best. He slept his hair off? Yeah. <laughs> he, he slept uh, his hair off? He was, he was a triple major on top of full-time student yeah. teaching. Oh, my gosh. And What's he doing now? He actually is a teacher. Works for Rogaine. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> he looks like Mr. Job. Clean right now. He I got he buff. Does. And uh, he's a teacher in yeah. a in an at risk school yeah. for kids that have trouble. So he's doing what he loves, and hopefully it was worth it. Wow, insomnia. Oh, right, good for continue. him. Continue sleep. Sleep so is important. The eyebrows and everything. Just uh, the top of his head. I think just his hair. Oh, he might be a liar. You ever thought of that? No, I I believe him. He had this beautiful like. You know, curly... it's easier to lose your hair than like gain. Like he didn't fall yeah. asleep one night bald and wake up the next day. Well, you can. Uh... He's got like Ray Romano hair. Well, it's no, sort of it's... like like uh, people who fake like uh, people who fake miracles and things like that. He like yeah. this guy is just. He's just on one. And he's one. a good right. example because he has an identical twin brother. Mm. And the brother still has his hair. Who's in on it? He also oh, shaves mom. like the... <laughs> yeah, right. So anyway, the, uh, evidently the number of people who can survive on fewer than seven hours of sleep without any... Uh, Repercussion. Yeah, any any like um, evident decrease in uh, like performance is it when you round it to the nearest number is 0%. Really? Yeah. So you're going to suffer if you get less yeah. than seven. Yeah. And evidently, like while you're sleeping, I've been thinking about this a lot um, and reading into it a lot. The uh, sleep is kind of when your body's repairing itself. Sure. And that, that idea of um, that idea of sleeping on a problem, um, your brain kind of has a way of working through stuff. So like, I think the, the, the most... Uh, the most prominent theory of what dreams are is that your brain is just kind of making sense of random stimuli that's firing. So um, your brain is kind of working through stuff while you sleep. And it's going through the uh, cookie folder on your computer that's and right. your cache and that's clearing right. out the unnecessary yeah. stuff. So like there's random thoughts that are kind of firing and your brain is very good at trying to make sense of things. And that is what's going on while you're dreaming. But like while you are sleeping, your brain is uh, repairing itself. Your body is repairing itself. And, uh, Evidently, while you're awake, it's like low-level brain damage. That like sleep is when you kind of repair those things, and uh, well, it's like when your phone's unplugged. Yeah. Every time your phone is using battery, it's it's essentially your full capacity of battery is never coming back because the more you use something, Correct. the more it's like your the more you drive your car, yeah, the more wear and tear, yeah, and the more it can't be repaired. Well, and then evidently, you can't actually make up for lost sleep time. Oh, really? Like, I can't do nine hours tomorrow yeah, and make there, up for six hours last night? Evidently, there's, like, no real credit system where, like, you can't make up for the damage you no did. No rollover. Yeah, you can't make up for the damage you did 
while you so, were practically speaking, I mean, what are you, what's your goal? What do you do? I'm like, you're going to be a new dad. I feel like you should. This ignorance would have been yeah. bliss. Well, that's why this I have not, a wife. This is not good stuff to oh. read. Oh. <laughs> she needs a cookbook. Yeah. See, see if Elise Griffin's names in the uh, <laughs> names in the so, box there. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, but evidently you can't actually uh, make up for the time. So what do you do is the question. Yeah, is, well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about you specifically. Yeah. A, a, do you measure it? Uh, B, do you plan for it? And if you do, like, what's your, what is your goal? I mean, eight hours, seven, eight hours? What, what's the... Uh, I shoot for it seven at least. Evidently, that's the number. Seven to nine is what you should be shooting for. And uh, please understand that I am regurgitating something I heard one person say. Sure. And, it makes uh, sense, though. Yeah. I can buy it. I can vouch for the fact that I feel crappy when I get yeah. less than seven. Yeah. So, so it's uh, from yeah. a practical standpoint. Get your eight hours. Live your life. Do you Keep, measure? Do you... Do you uh, my phone, uh, when it tells me... Um, that's one of the beauties of being... One of the great things about being an independent contractor and not having a clock Yeah. Um, to to push. Is that the word? Clock in, it's been clock so long in. since I've done it. The um, <laughs> When my phone says I'm only going to get six hours, I just... Move the clock up a little bit, over. unless I got a podcast to be on at nine thirty in the morning. I know. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah. Killing them. I've been I've been trying to measure mine a little bit more lately. So yeah. using the uh, bedtime app on yeah, the yeah. iPhone and and trying to say you know here's what, here's what I need. Here's a reminder. Yeah, it gives you a little ding like ding. You yeah. know, fifteen minutes. You need to be in bed if you want to want to get eight hours. Yeah. If you want to be at work by that time. Well, so. I, I, so we have so many screens and artificial lights and things like that that our brain gets confused about what uh, like when the sun is down. Um, and evidently that's what melatonin does is it's sort of that, that is what tells your brain that it's time to sleep. It's dark now. And, uh, by having screens on all the time and having artificial light and things like that, we've sort of developed, uh, a, well, we've essentially given ourselves cancer by playing Candy Crush. <laughs> from advice from one dad to another future dad. Yeah. Melatonin gummy bears. No way. They are amazing. Yeah. Now, you have to be very careful. I don't want to make drug it across like here. I drug my kids <laughs> at night. But every once in a while when you're like, yeah, mommy and daddy so can need I a little sleep Can I end on a funny here. anecdote then? Yeah. Sure. My dad was a very hyperactive kid, like before people even knew what to do with that. But his mom was a school nurse. And every year on Christmas Eve, he got the Santa pill <laughs> to make sure that Santa would come. And he didn't realize how messed up that was. That's pretty messed up. That it's called the Santa pill is frightening. <laughs> He was talking to his buddies. What do you mean you didn't have a Santa pill? Yeah. <laughs> Why is this not in any of the claymation specials? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that is interesting. So and great. you said it. <laughs> Congratulations. Hey, dude, thanks so much for of taking course. time to be on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Of course. I'll have you uh, on ours. Uh, Vanilla Sunday is your is the podcast. You yeah. can find it on iTunes. Do you guys have a website or anything to go to? Or uh, What's the best way? Facebook. Um, okay. We got uh, Facebook and Instagram at Vanilla Children with two L's because we're chill. And uh, nice. you can uh, yeah you can email us at vanillasundaypodcast at gmail.com if you have any. We do like uh, listener questions and uh, like stories and Things like that. If you're interested in anything that you, uh, yeah, I don't know. And yeah. you guys do it weekly and release them on Sundays. Yeah, every Sunday. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, we bring on guests and uh, we'll have you on. Awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, see if it's something that you're would love it. Yeah. Now, a few months ago, when we did our when we did the little vodcast, the yeah. where were we thing, mm -hmm. you told me that I would love to have you on the podcast, but I don't I don't think it would. It's I don't think uh, it would well. Work. It, it just it it. I think, it, it, I think you were afraid of what I would hear. Like you're well, like trying to protect me. From <laughs> well, you're walking it. You will. You will be walking into a gauntlet. Um. Yeah. Well, you, you will be the only 
Christian, but they're to varying degrees of like aggressiveness because like one of my buddies is, uh, uh, he just doesn't have a, a filter. He says what he thinks. And I love that about him, but yeah. it makes me like cautious about like, Ann Spillman, for example, would be such a good person to have on there. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about what he's going to say about what, and I, <laughs> And uh, so, no, we would absolutely love great. to have you on there. Great oh, great. Podcast, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I think one reason I think that you would be so good on ours is um, you don't do outreach to grow a flock. You do outreach to make a difference. Yeah. And if you are a human being, regardless of what you believe um, you about the hereafter, yes, that I mean, that's a great thing. Yeah. Good. So anyway, cool, there you go. Awesome. Appreciate it. Uh, you can find us on the socials. Uh, I'm on Brent. Well, we just talked about how bad social media is, but if you're if you're still in you that You want to see my fake curated space, life, go to yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fake curated life. Uh, I'm at Brent Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-E-N. Margot is? On the Instagrams at Adventures in Caffeine. And Brian is? Uh, actual underscore Griffin. Actual underscore Ooh. Griffin. Uh, thanks for listening. Have a great week, guys. See ya. Sorry for so long today, but thanks for sticking <laughs> with us. See ya. Later, Gator.